welcome to Tales, Tunes, and Tomfoolery, starring Jerry Springer with Gene Galvin and me, I am Maria Corelli. We are recorded live in front of a brilliant studio audience here in Folk School Coffee Parlor of Ludlow, Kentucky. Now here he is, ladies and gentlemen, Judge Jerry Springer. Whoa, thank you. Thank you. Whoa, you up there. Thank you. Thanks for coming. Oh. Usually Woo. the voice of Maria Corelli, our third voice yeah. of the Tales, Tunes, and Tom Fuller. She got stuck in the show. traffic trying to get yeah, in here, so she's out there someplace Maria, to try to make it. We we switched the days of when we were going to record yeah, this because did. of yeah. Hurricane Doria. Jerry lives in Florida. We might talk about that in a minute. And anticipated having trouble getting up here, so we switched to a different night. Maria has another job she does, and she couldn't be with us, so we, we miss her. Well, in fact... I would say, and, and by the way, we've got Ohio Valley Salvage coming on later on. We love them. Yes. Yes. And plus, we're going to get Jerry to talk a little bit about the Trump economy. That'll happen a little bit later on. But um, I, I wanted to uh, say something about, and this relates to Maria Corelli. She opened the Whispering Beard Folk Festival right. this year. Yep. And, and I want to send out a huge congratulations to... Uh, Matt Williams, his uh, brother Dan, Big Dan as we call him, uh, and Buffalo Wobbs, I think, is the third partner of this group that puts on the Whispering Beard Folk Festival. For years it had been started at Thornhill Drag Strip years ago in northern Kentucky and then went to Friendship, Indiana for a number of years. Had a wonderfully successful run down there. That's and the one they, I went to, yeah. You I, did. I enjoyed that. And they stepped it all up and moved it to the riverfront of Cincinnati, which is obviously a huge venue, a big step up. Major city, you know, million people in the metropolitan area. And uh, I was there on Thursday, and I was there when Maria opened the festival. She was fantastic. Yeah. <clears throat> the festival was wonderful. They lucked out, had nice weather. That always helps. And the setting was spectacular. The lineup of bands was perfect for uh, their first shot at moving this into a metropolitan area. They've had meetings even since. They're looking forward to next year. And uh, I'm confident, I, kn I know this is locks in as a significant folk festival in the United States. Located perfectly, Cincinnati, Ohio, puts it in the Midwest, sort of the center of the country. Yep. And right on the river there, it's beautiful. Oh, the setting just yeah. was fantastic. They had, I mean, these guys know what they're doing. They got two stages running, so, you know, one stage finishes with an act, and they've got the other one all set up with the next act, so there's not a lot of standing around time. Um, it's it, it just, it was perfect. Uh, so, anyway. Congratulations to the Whispering Beard Folk Festival. Yeah, and Maria opened, and, and there's a buzz about the performance. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Great. Maria Corelli is a truly an up-and-coming singer-songwriter. Yep. And, um, and also a very... So she writes great songs, and she's a very solid performer. And she has a following in the Midwest, and I mean, she travels around the country. And we're lucky to arrange things where she's typically with us. Yeah. And uh, so anyway. And, and we <clears throat> were, which I have some concern, and maybe this is the time to bring it up. Yes. But I was looking forward to this because I remember a few years ago being there, and it was great. Yes. And then we get the honor it was quite of an honor. being asked to perform. We were going to close, the, basically, the festival on well, Sunday. Well, we certainly did. Yes, because I showed up on Sunday. I was there. Well, you were probably in a different part of the venue because I was looking for it. There you. was nobody there. They were taking down the stage. Yeah, the only thing well, I how saw How did were... you book us on, on Sunday of the festival and there was no festival on the well, Sunday? Well, it's not my fault. Not my fault. Uh, you are just the greatest booker. Well, I'm, I'm a booker and I'm... <laughs> I've always been a booker, and, <laughs> and I'm uh, very good on logistics. They didn't even That's know anything forte. about us. It's kind of well, embarrassing. I'm walking in there with my guitar. Yes. Yes. And, and all you saw were like 18-wheelers loading up yeah. all the stage. And equipment. I said, where do I stand? They said, not said, in front of the truck. Yeah. <laughs> you stand anywhere you want. Yeah. It, was, it was horrible. It was embarrassing. Oh. It was humiliating. And I have not, have, have, I have not had a chance to talk to... Catfish Williams 
about this because he is the one that told us, looked me right in the eye and said, Sunday at 2 o'clock, yeah. you guys, the Jerry Springer trio. That's funny because he told me Sunday at 4. <laughs> maybe, maybe that should, should have been, been the first clue. Because I was there at four, and the embarrassing thing I guess that's why is I didn't see you. I flew I up here that. to do it. Now Thank I God fly I back home. There's I walk in the door, and Mickey up your says, "Messed carbon footprint and everything." How, yeah, and <laughs> Mickey says, "How was it? How'd you do?" Well, yeah. what do I tell her? <laughs> I told Bonnie it was great. <laughs> I said we killed. I should have gone with that. I said we yeah. killed. Yeah. You know we did. Oh man, we did. We I covered said, the not, Kingston Trio. Put it like this: not one person booed. Nobody booed. Nobody booed. No they did what you do in church. When somebody kills it, you just remain quiet. That's what they do in church. They don't applaud in church. Oh, was that it? Yeah. yeah. That's it. Hey, uh, <laughs> I got a, a picture uh, I acquired. Uh, I can't tell my source. And uh, <laughs> of you what? on vacation. Now, let's just, first of all, let's give a touch to the victims of Hurricane Dorian, yes. the people of the Bahamas, in was, especially in certain areas, are really suffering. And so maybe we all, and maybe we should put the bat signal out here of uh, people, um, you know, you can go online and easily find legit All different ways to help. It's unbelievable. Help. It's like a it's nuclear bomb hit it. There's... I don't know what rebuilding means. It means like finding what is now a vacant island and trying to yeah, start, start from scratch. Society. They yeah. have nothing. Yeah. So it's, it's, a, it's just horrible. And uh, Jerry and his family, his extended family, were in the Bahamas, not to the area that was hit the hardest, because it was, it, yeah. it skipped it was, around. It and went it was where four it weeks went. ago. And it was, yeah. yeah. And, uh, but Our cabana rate, was not hit. Where? Our cabana, cabana was, not, was yet. not Well, yet. so Jerry went to, as you would expect, and he would argue, as he deserves, a very posh resort to rest his weary bones from the hard work that he does. Yeah, the hard work that he does. He does a lot of hard work. Anyway. Uh, Flying to venues that I'm not even booked at. Yeah, well, you don't well, talk to your difficult. booker about that. Yeah. Don't blame the Bahamas for that. That's on okay. your booker. So we were on But okay, yeah. so you go on this vacation. Yeah. I acquired a photo. What? And nope. I, here's what I'm going to describe it as. The picture is the caption should simply say Jerry on vacation. Here's what the picture is. It has a significant relative of yours that I photoshopped out. It's your grandson. I cut yeah. him out cuz there's okay. privacy issues. So yeah. he's not okay. in the picture. I just cropped it. And it's a picture of Jerry. Well, here's what it is. It's a picture of Jerry with his grandson lounging on the couch, I assume, in the lobby of this very expensive resort. And I'll describe it. Jerry is leaning back, a picture of couch. He's got his hands, you know, woven behind his head, his legs straight out. And he's just resting. He's just hanging. You know, Jerry's just yeah. sitting there like this. We call and it vacation. Vacation. And yeah. next to him is his grandson in the exact same posture. So he is teaching his grandson how to, quote, vacation. And that, for Jerry Springer, yeah. is a vacation. Then, and it turns out, simultaneously, I was on a vacation, too. You went to the Bahamas. Yes. I... Uh, packed my car with my backpack gear and put my bike rack on and I put my bike on the bike rack and I headed west. And I have, for me, my iconic picture. And my iconic picture might have been the same damn day that you shot yours on the couch yeah. or somebody shot it. Yeah, what resort and were you I at? am uh, in the Rocky Mountains in Colorado Ooh. and there's a sign behind me saying 11,000 feet above elevation. You in the, on the couch were... We're at about eight feet. You're about eight feet above sea level. And you're at 11,000. 11, and I've got a, like a winter coat on with the hood up and gloves How did you on. get a couch up that high? Yeah, you could. <laughs> and that is a contrast in vacations. I am every man. So you biked? Well, I did. I biked over uh, in the, uh, the Rocky Mountain National Park. And you go over the Continental Divide. I, in fact, actually did take my bike up 
part of the way up the mountains and then parked my car and rode the bike over. Now, I, I always say I have an e-bike, so it has yeah. pedal assist. It's yeah. fantastic. You have since bought one. You've yeah. experienced them. So you can take on mountains yeah. that I wouldn't do, not at my age. I wouldn't do them, couldn't do them. But, and you can, you know, I wouldn't say necessarily easily, but you can manage going up, and it's just a blast riding. And But no I camped every night. Yeah. And uh, That's I do vacations that are like what normal Americans do. And I, and, and I would never teach my grandson, look, here's how you do it. Just go lean back. Yeah. And just we're going to hang here for about two hours. We're just going to sit here. Yeah, and then he, he woke me up then. Yes, he did, right. You know, cause he, and he brought me my chocolate malt and then... Yeah. Yeah, but that's, that's vacation. That's relaxing. I see. That's relaxing. Mm. And then you, once in a while, you, you know, they come and tell you how your stocks are doing. Yes. I understand, yeah. And, yeah, and that's, but that's the only break in the day. Yeah. No, actually. That's, yeah. That, and I have been on, we, we have, if we go back over the years, uh, you and I and our spouses and our kids have gone on vacations. And they've all been fantastic, by the way. And mostly they're my kind of vacations. Oh, because it, those are the only kind I would go on. Right, right. You go on other right, vacations. Other guys, yeah. But when you're with me, we're always going on. Just sitting around the pool. Exactly. And why do you think they put those lounge chairs there? That, that's it. That's it. They don't put them around because people are going to run around the pool. In fact, there are signs that say no running. Yeah. Pavement right. wet. So we're going to put uh, we're going to put on our website no the tale of two vacations, and there will be a picture of Jerry. Uh, he has given me permission. You heard it. I have permission to publish the photo. So it will go on our okay, website. Okay, we now know twice in the last two months, three months, that you yeah. have fallen off your bike. Correct? Uh, that is true. Okay, ask me how many times I fell off my couch. Yeah. <laughs> go ahead. Thank you. Yeah, case. Yeah, I, I yeah. rest my case. The prosecution rests. Hey, one of the things, speaking of the prosecution, yeah. you start, now this is, what is this, September 5th. We're recording this show on September 5th, so, Thursday night. So Monday night, September, Monday. Monday during the day, September 9th, this coming Monday, based on when we're recording this, right. Monday, September 9th, uh, Judge Jerry starts every Monday through Friday. I got to tell you, all kidding aside, this is really exciting because it is a brand new, flat out national television show. That is blanketing 99% of the U.S. TV markets, correct? You've, yeah. you've mentioned this before. I think it may be 100 now. I think we got Colorado Springs. I'm not certain, but I is, think Was that got, really the last one? There was, it was we, literally the There Colorado are 209 television markets in America, yeah. all 50 states, 209. We were in 208. The only one we hadn't been in was Colorado Springs. It's funny because I came through there on my vacation and well, they did were you buzzing a- about it. <laughs> yeah, right. Why don't uh, we get yeah, it? Right. And there were like protests and all the oh, sorts of I stuff. Oh, I can imagine the demonstration. Uh, <clears throat> but it is really exciting that A, it's got such a great setup. B, it, you are, and a lot of people don't know this, but you are an attorney. You're graduated from a great law school, Northwestern Law School. You were mayor of Cincinnati. You were a news anchor man in Cincinnati, the leading one in the years that you did it. So this is all within your wheelhouse to do, uh, to adjudicate cases. It so is, I'm due for an absolute, total, unequivocal failure. No way. No way. This is phenomenal. And I think oh. that what's really exciting about it is is it launches a whole new career, frankly, and a new definition of Jerry Springer because... That's what this world needs. Yeah, right. (laughs) Everyone is begging for a new definition. Yeah. Yeah, it's exciting. You know, I'm excited about it, and I hope it works. But if it doesn't work, as I tell everybody... Podcast is over? It's all on me. Oh, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) You you could be gone by Monday afternoon. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) win or lose. Yeah, they may... They may cancel this before we get through the first case. But, um, yeah, but if it, they've done everything, uh, you know, the network. and They being the company that's the producing company it. The company that's producing it. They yeah. have done everything. They've given me every market. They've spent money on advertising. They've given me a great crew, great staff, everything. 
So if it doesn't work, it's on me. I've got no excuses. So yeah, if it doesn't work, that wasn't me on the bench. Yeah. <laughs> it's a guy that looks like me. Yeah. Yeah, that, and that's that interesting that you say there. that, and I know you mean it, and it's part of your humility, but you're right. They, it, it really will depend on whether people, people accept as you as, it can accept you in that role. And I do believe they will, and I have said this because I have worked in all of your political stuff going back to the beginning, so I know what your political skills are, and a judge is an office holder, typically, and they come up with this new thing, which I'm totally for. People sign agreements that they'll adjudicate it on this on a TV show. Yeah. They accept the results. I think you're going to do great at it because I think you would have been a great judge. You would have been. Yeah. If you had decided to do that at age 30, you could have been a judge uh, you know, through a whole career. So I think it's going to be this just forward to it. Just remind, it just crossed my mind as yeah. you were saying that uh, about televising these trials. Uh, years ago, I was in this movie called Citizen Verdict. Yep. And the premise of the movie, it was just about the time they started to televise trials. So this movie, uh, which was me and Roy Scheider, the yeah, guy who sure. was in Jaws, in Jaws. Uh, Jaws and yeah. Armand Asante, it was the three of us. And the premise of the movie was the state of Florida would now televise trials, but it was also the beginning of when all these reality TV shows were coming on. Mm -hmm. So the, the premise of the movie was the state of Florida would now televise trials, criminal trials, but the viewers would be the jury. Yeah. So the viewers would vote for guilt or innocence. And if it was a murder case and the, Florida had the death penalty, that... For $25 on cable, you could view the execution. On-demand kind of deal. Yeah, yeah, on demand. And, you know, all the elements of that, which of course is absurd, but it combined everything that was going on in American culture at that time, that we were televising trials, hmm. that we started to have people at home voting you off the island, voting for the best singer, voting on America's Got Talent, now you would actually get to vote uh, the guilt or innocence of a, tri a trial. So as the world was, is getting crazier and crazier, at some point, how far-fetched is that, that there'll be some way for the people to suddenly say, you know, if there are terrible crimes committed, if there are terrorist acts committed, <laughs> and they don't trust the jury, I could see some right-wing fanatic saying, let the people decide the guilt or innocence, and we'll start to have it on television, and, you know, people that commit terrorist acts will suddenly... It's, it's, the movie's got a real conversation going, particularly yeah. in Europe. Um, Interesting. So, but you just when you said televising trials, we're not going to do that. I am hanging no one. This is small Jerry, claims. Judge Jerry will not be known. We will as have a whippings, judge. but no execution. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and I want to take you to the uh, Trump economy. But one quick mm. question before that: you, um, when the when Hurricane Dorian was sort of setting a course. Yeah. There was a possibility it would come across Florida and literally across the state. I have a daughter and her family in Orlando, and they were really prepping and yeah. did prep. And I had a phone conversation with you, and you were doing the same. And you're right. on the west side of we're the peninsula. The we're in the Gulf of Mexico. And uh, so it obviously didn't hit, but at, at, when they were doing that cone yes. in the beginning— Unlike Alabama, right? We were, yeah. yeah, you were actually. In we the really cone. were. In didn't the, take a sharpie no. to put you at risk. And they had to, uh, you know, we didn't reach the point that you had to evacuate, but um, boarding up places and. Doing and that, that was happening that in, was happening. Uh, and that's the Sarasota area. Yeah, it's interesting. You could not get water in the grocery stores. There were lines at the gas stations, all this kind of stuff. Yeah. So people in Florida take it seriously as well. They should because of. On uh, another risk. day. Because there's always so much to talk about, but and we were talking as we were coming after I picked yeah. you up at the hotel and coming to folk school, Kentucky, uh, northern Kentucky, is that global warming or uh, climate change 
It really is a thing. And the, many, many scientists, maybe you say most, are saying that these persistent hurricanes and, and other uh, weather factors are driven by the warming of the earth. Yeah, because hurricanes is all driven by if the waters below it are warm, then it picks. That and gives it's hard it to find a scientist anymore that disagrees. Correct. Unless I you mean, watch literally, Fox when News, we say yeah. 95, 97, 98 percent of scientists yeah. that study the issue of the environment, they all agree with that. Now, what is not measurable at this point is how much of that is contributed by humans. Right. That we're pretty sure yeah, that it's pretty sure it's it's a lot. Human activity, but that's is the only right. debate. But the fact that humans are contributing to it, of course they are, and it's having a quicker and quicker effect. Right. And maybe we'll do some time. I'll yeah. sort of draw out of you your take on uh, give you some time to really kind of do a little research, which is what you do when you. The talk problem about all is this all stuff. these deniers, these political deniers, will be dead by the time the yeah. act. The final days will come, and it's our children and grandchildren that are going to be faced That's with this. It's a, it's a horrible legacy that, let's just be honest about it, it's the Republican Party. They're the ones that say this, yeah. generally speaking. There are exceptions, but yeah. generally speaking, and it's yeah. a legacy they're going to have to deal with. Um, let's talk about this. Um, lately, there have been some what they call leading economic indicators uh, that are looking kind of shaky at the moment. And, uh, and it's, Trump loves to say, this is my economy. He doesn't say exactly those words, but he's always yeah. saying, look what I've you know, done for you. And, and if you, you, you're un-American if you wouldn't vote for me. Yeah. And if you vote for somebody else, your 401ks will drop the next day. Uh, what is your take on the, both the condition of the economy and also the politics of it as they relate to President Donald Trump? Well, the, the overview of the economy over the last nine years, uh, nine and a half years, um, is really good in terms of the last seven and eight, you know, when Obama became president, literally the day he was sworn in, the uh, American economy hit rock bottom. It was the lowest it had been since the Depression. It was 2008 election. He gets sworn in on the January 20th of 2009, and people lost half of their life savings. Pension funds were gone. Financial institutions were closing. Banks were closing. I mean, how quickly we forget how horrible things were at the beginning of 2009. Obama comes in and does some specific things, um, including, uh, you know, TARP, including saving the auto industry, uh, including stimulus spending to, uh, to get the economy going again and very controversial things, but even had um, some Republican leaders going along with him. Something had to be done to save the economy. And the fact is, for the last seven and a half years of the Obama presidency, last seven and a half years, every single month, the economy got better. Every single month, the gross domestic product increased. Every single month, unemployment went down. A little bit at a time, not major numbers, but it kept going in the right direction. And in comes Trump, and it continues going in the right direction. It's like a baseball game. You get a guy pitching a no-hitter for eight innings, and a relief pitcher comes in the ninth, and they win the game, and the relief pitcher's taking all the credit. So it was good. Most often, we live in a time of James Carbill, in terms of the political impact. James Carville was you know, running the campaign to Bill Clinton and in 92, and his famous sign, it's the economy stupid. The point of that being that how people react in the voting booth is directly related to how the economy is doing. And there was some history to back that up. If the economy is doing well, a president gets reelected. And that 
has been what the case has been. If the economy takes a dive suddenly, if it's during an election year, that president won't be reelected. He'll lose. And we saw it. And, and it's not always the president's fault. Let's be honest. We're in a global economy where much of what happens economically in the world and in our country isn't, doesn't have to do specifically with what a president does. The economy is bigger than any one politician or any one political party. So, for example, in 1979 and 1980, Jimmy Carter is running for re-election. The economy tanked. But the main reason it tanked was because of the Arab oil embargo. And you remember, those of us old enough to remember, the long lines at the, at the gas stations. And, uh, uh, you know, every industry was affected by this spike in energy costs um, because of the embargo. And any manufacturing, anybody that either buys products or products that have to have transportation or products that have to be created, built in factories, all of that expense went up, which meant the economy went down. And that's exactly what happened, and Carter was easily beaten um, by Reagan. Other reasons, too, but certainly the economy was a factor. So you have a good economy, you get reelected. You have a bad economy. I mean, look at George Bush, the first. A year before, a year before he gets reelected in 1992, he had a 90% approval rating after the Gulf War. He was loved. It was the greatest performance of a president since World War II. Everyone was saying, wow, no way he could lose. And then, of course, the economy suddenly went into a recession and he lost to Bill Clinton. So the economy does matter. So no one really wants to see the economy go bad. Obviously not. It's our livelihood. The only silver lining is, I think this probably means this will be the thing that ends the Trump presidency. And the reason I say that, most Americans, most Americans know that Trump is what he is. I mean, even people that wind up supporting him or voting for him in private will say he's a jerk. I mean, you know, the guy's dishonest. He's criminal behavior, he's not, he's obviously not bright, he doesn't know what he's doing, he's just, he lies, it just, you know, no one wants their kid to grow up to be like him, all that stuff. But, and then you say to them, well, why, then why are you still a Republican? Why are you supporting him? Why, to the con Republican congressman, why? Well, they can always say their rationale is, look, the economy's doing well, we don't want to shake it up. So the rationale for people holding on to Trump is, well, at least the economy is doing well, and we're happy with that. We're not going to worry about some of the other issues. But if the economy now is suddenly in trouble, all of a sudden the last rationale for supporting someone like Trump is gone. So the silver lining is this could be the end of Trump. I said before that a president often doesn't have much to do with the economy. You know, we like to hear in America think the president's running the world, but the truth of the matter is their force is much greater. But if Trump would have just kept his hands off of it and not followed through with his policies, this ride could continue. But his policies specifically damaged our economy, specifically. What is, what is his economic policy and what has he done? One, he lowered the taxes for wealthy people. Now, how did that damage the economy? Several ways. By lowering the taxes, this is what Bush, back when he was running against Reagan, in 1980, in the Republicans against, prime, against Reagan, before Reagan picked him to be VP, he called what Reagan was suggesting, which was lowering taxes for wealthy people, he called it voodoo economics. 
It is Republican economics, and it is always, always wrong. Why? There's a reason it's wrong, and it's not a partisan thing. There's a reality to it. When you lower taxes for, in general, but certainly for rich people, the government takes in less money because that's how they get their revenue from taxes. So because, but their expenses stay the same because things become more expensive. People want more services. People want a bigger military. People want whatever it is. There's a crisis. There's a hurricane, whatever it is. So the cost of government keeps going up. They try to keep it under control, but it keeps going up. But you lower the taxes, all of a sudden, your bills for that year can't be paid by just the revenue anymore because you've lowered taxes. That's what we call the deficit. The deficit was $500 billion, and it's been around that for several years. Trump's new budget with a tax cut raises the deficit by next year to $1.3 trillion. It has more than doubled the deficit. So you say, deficit, oh, don't talk to me about economics. I'm so sick. The numbers I just glaze over. Well, let me tell you something. If the government can't pay its bills because it's lowered the taxes, it has to borrow the money to pay the bills because America has to pay its bills. Or if we lose the full faith and credit of the American dollar, everything's done. So America has, the government has to borrow the money. Well, how is it going to get we the people to buy government bonds, which is how we loan the government money? Why will you invest in government bonds when you can invest? I'll take that later. It's okay, Gene. It's Gene Galvin's phone, executive producer of this. <laughs> nice going. Just at this moment when I had him. <laughs> I had him in the palm of my hand. Okay. The government needs to borrow this money to get people, the population, to buy government bonds to loan the government money rather than investing our money in private corporate bonds or in the stock market or in other things. How are, we, how are they going to get us to loan them the money? They're going to offer higher interest. If you buy a government bond because the government needs the money, uh, let's say I'm the government. I need the money. We need the money. I tell you what, we'll pay a higher interest than you're getting in the private sector, so you buy government bonds. So you loan us the money rather than loaning the money to P&G or, or buying stocks. So all of a sudden, interest rates will start going up. When you have a big deficit, interest rates start going up because they got to get, the government's got to get you to loan them the money. And if the interest rates go up, all of a sudden, it's more expensive to buy a house, more expensive to buy a car. Business all of a sudden doesn't expand because the cost of, of buying the equipment, everything is going to go up. That's how the economy slows down. That's why this lowering of taxes is not a plus for the overall economy. But then you say, yeah, but if I get a nice tax break, you're not getting a tax break. Middle America, you are not getting a tax break. Even if your federal taxes go down a couple of hundred dollars, $300, $500, you are paying more in taxes every year because your state taxes, your county taxes, and your local taxes had to pick up the slack that the federal government can't provide anymore, and so forth, and so your local taxes are going higher. If you look at how much tax dollars you're paying, from sales tax to county tax to uh, local earnings tax, city tax, state taxes, and you can't even deduct the state tax anymore. You can't even deduct those real estate taxes anymore. So middle America, when you thought, oh, well, Trump's going to lower my taxes, you were lied to. It's a fiction. You got sold a bill of goods. And people like me, whoa, I did get a tax break. That's crazy. Why are you giving people like me this incredible tax break? We're not going to go out and buy more goods. Everything we want, we already can buy. Don't you see? It's a scam. And you bought into it. That's one part of his policy that has screwed our economy. 
The second part is this business of tariffs. When you hike tariffs, you raise the price of virtually everything that you buy in, in the store, from groceries to manufactured products. Because even if the goods, let's face it, much of what we buy is made in another country anyway. So those costs are going to go up. Because the person who's selling you those goods is going to have to raise the price because they're not going to eat the tariff. So they're going to pass it on to the consumer. And even if you buy something that is made in America, trust me, the parts, <coughs> excuse me, the parts of those goods, like a car, the parts are made either in Mexico or in Canada or in India or whatever. So you're paying tariffs on that, and that gets passed on. Everything gets more expensive. So there you go. The economic policy of this president, raising everybody's taxes except rich people's, because remember, your local, county, and state taxes are going up, increasing the deficit, which will raise interest rates, and increasing the price of goods because of his tariffs. That is why, remember what Ronald Reagan said in, I think it was 84. Are you better off than you were four years ago? Are you better off than you were four years ago? And by next November, in fact, not even next November, if the election were held today, today is September as we're recording this, September 5th of uh, 2019. Two weeks ago, the national poll that had all the, which Trump got so upset about, which has him losing to all the Democratic candidates, but the national poll for the first time asked had these answers. 37% of Americans believe they, they and their family are personally worse off than they were two and a half years ago. 37%. Only 31% say they're better off. For the first time, the numbers have flipped on Trump. Remember a couple of months ago, people were saying, well, at least the economy's going well. At least, uh-uh. Any Democratic president, candidate for president now, at this time, could say to the American people the question that Ronald Reagan put into our lexicon, put into our consciousness, are you better off than you were four years ago? And that is the question that will determine who is the next president of the United States. And that is why I believe Donald Trump will have another job next year. <laughs> All right, we're going to bring up here Ohio Valley Salvage, and uh, we're anxious to have them. And I think, based on what I heard and observed during the mic check before the show, that you, Jerry Springer, have a history with either this group or at least a member of it. Yeah. So tell us about that. He, God bless you. <laughs> you. You showed me a picture of me singing with the band Holding a guitar, yes, which, which was extra special. We know roughly previous the, lifetime, and, and and the name of the place was it Dusty's? Was it what, what? Dusty? Was the band? Was the band? And yeah. this is Mark talking, right? Yeah, yeah I'm sorry. And Mark introduced the other guys yeah. in the band, if you don't mind. On bass, we got Ben Franks. All right. On guitar, we got Ben Knight and Chris Novi on the drums. All right, we know Ben well. He's uh, uh, lives in Ludlow and has performed here many times. So it's that's a great uh, group of guys. Yeah. And uh, Mark, have you played and performed around the greater Cincinnati area for a while? Yes. Yes, okay. I have. And uh, so and we want you to do a song. You're going to do a song for us. And then on the other side, I want to ask you some questions about okay. where people can hear you and what's coming up for you guys. So here we go. The Ohio Valley Salvage. And call me up anytime you need to help. Yeah.
Fifty years go by Fast as fifty bucks Don't count on your chickens Don't count on your luck You think you're sitting pretty You think you got it made Sneaking up behind you Yonder comes lost decade That's Ohio Valley Salvage, and uh, Mark Kretcher, along with Ben Franks, Ben Knight, and Chris, is it Novi? No, that's right. Got it? Uh, oh, you guys sound good. That's, that's excellent. Well, and you, you remembered everything I taught you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's just unbelievable. Hey, uh, Mark, would you say, do you remember the, the song that Jerry did back when you got, when he sang Yeah, it? I do. What was it? It would have been... Uh, I saw her standing there. Oh my God! Or right. uh, you can't hide your lion eyes. I'll be darned. <laughs> and would you say he sucked, or was he passable? Yeah, what would you uh, say? I'm just gonna. Uh, I'm just <laughs> one, two. On that one, one, two. 
<laughs> yeah, you want to know something? He no. did that a lot. He sang. He was actually pretty no. decent. I mean, for a guy, a politician, was he mayor or a, a politician or a newsman? Probably uh-huh. at the time. one or the other. I'm not sure about one or the other. That was fun era. because we'd get off the news at 11:30. And uh, then we, you know, because you're all revved up after being on the air, so we just stopped downtown and we go into and all the bars that had bands, and uh, so, and I've ruined more careers. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, somebody, just, somebody told me today you used to sing. Um, she was only 16 with the menus a lot. Yeah, yeah, she was only 17. Only 17. Yeah, 16 yeah. was too young. Yeah. I said, yeah, yeah. <laughs> She was just 17. You know, this she was, was funny. Just, yeah. That was Jerry was given a talk up in, uh, like, Kelly's Island up in northern Ohio or something. Oh, they, yeah. And, and we're meeting with the head of the Democratic Party. He's an active Democrat. I am, too. And uh, they came to the, bar, to the restaurant that we were in, and they said, uh, guess who's playing, like, right down the street? Who? The Menus. So we went, and they had Jerry get up and do something like that, or a Mustang salad yeah. or something. Yeah, no, so, I saw her standing there. And so if you'll allow this in a second, not quite yet, we're going to let Jerry join you guys on the singing. You'll take us out on down by the riverside. But before we do that, I want to ask you, where can people hear your music yeah. and, and when? You can go to our website. It's ohiovalleysalvage.com. Okay, simple enough. There. Uh, we are currently uh, working on uh, uh, getting some music out there. That's our, that's been our current role. It's still kind of a new project. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You guys have a, you have a great mix. This is uh, yeah. this sounds great. So, well, thank and you. we know Ben from a lot of places musically, and a if lot ben, of, there's hardly a bar in town no, that no, no. does let, let me tell you, if, if Ben Knight is in the. Yeah, ben Knight yeah. is part of the project. You, it's a, this is a solid thing that you're building here. Oh, this yeah. is cool. Yeah. And the rest of you guys have and, and great I, I'm jobs. I'm also a Ludlow resident, so I live, I didn't know I live that. right down the street. Yeah, and, uh, yeah I guess so, because I do a, run into you plenty around, because well, I yeah. live in Ludlow as well. Because I was going to pay for your transportation, but oh, you're, you're just, not, <laughs> yeah, I just had to walk up. You know? Hey, yeah. would you agree with me uh, and Ben as well, <clears> the two Bens, right? There is something happening in Ludlow, and it just keeps happening. There's a bike shop coming in. There's all these cool places. Folk School's part of it. Uh, yeah. uh, a bakery coming in. We're, we're doing free shows uh, every Friday night at uh, Second Sight Spirits. Amazing. And I think my wife is actually part of this thing that's happening yeah, tomorrow night at Second week. Sight. Yeah. So yeah. she's cool. going to uh, teach a couple styles there of dance. My is. wife, oh. Bonnie Gowden. Bonnie Bonnie and I have spoken on the phone a few times, yeah. Well, Bonnie's a a lifelong dancer and dance teacher, and she's going to teach a couple dances, and I'll be there as well. We're looking forward to this. I won't be on the dance floor, but I'll be there. But anyway, so but Ludlow, the the other piece, and, and then we'll move on here, is that the creative class that's moving in, you two guys are an example. Catfish Williams, who lives upstairs, Folk School, Kentucky. All of these people have just found this place, and I'm telling you, it is very exciting. I'm very yeah. proud to be part of it, too, because uh, my wife and I live in this town. Uh, so if they go to OhioValleySalvage.com. Correct. And you're performing for the people who are the greater Cincinnati folks. So you've got a show coming up on the 2nd of October. Is that right? Um, we, are, we are playing uh, Wonder Bar on November, or September 14th. Okay. And then we are part of the Blink Festival uh, up in there Cincinnati. There you go. We're playing. It's uh, October twelfth. October twelfth at Motor Pub. And by the way, that's a big deal for the people who are in the greater Cincinnati area. This Blink yeah. thing is really yeah. big. It's amazing. They it had is, like a million people I, last I year. As I, I think it's one of the best things Cincinnati's ever done. It's phenomenal. Wow. So again, another reason for uh, you listeners October out here in the 12th? country. It's, it's the whole weekend, so it starts. But we're yeah. playing October twelfth. And Motor is, is in over weekend. the Rhine, very Correct. popular neighborhood. So Motor will be in the heart of it all. October 12th is Columbus's birthday. Aha, uh-huh, there you go. Yeah. He's a savant. And Jerry's a savant. No, well, when, when Columbus we? <laughs> came over, a lot of people don't know this, when Columbus came over to America, yes. uh, he was, Queen Isabella sent him over to get some riches, some money, and come on back. And as you know, he failed on that trip. And do you know why? No, why? The banks were closed. It was Columbus hey, Day. Hey, but on boom, boom. Hey, uh, 
Anyway, seriously, guys, we're very <laughs> seriously. glad. Thank God you said seriously. <laughs> Otherwise, they very, wouldn't have known. Very <laughs> glad that you guys uh, came by here and uh, take us out on down by the riverside, and Jerry will jump in on the second oh, verse. Beyond that's unbelievable. Okay. Here we go. Wait, Ohio Valley right. Salvage.